Hey guys, welcome to Right Way, a podcast where we give you insight to make informed decisions about your writing career. I'm your host, Rhea Fry, multi-published author and CEO and founder of Right Way. And I'm Joe Tower, writer, media producer, and Right Way's executive editor. On this podcast, Rhea and I will take an inside look at the publishing industry with honest and straightforward shop talk. So when you do get published, you'll know exactly what to do the right way. What happens this week on the Right Way Podcast? That's right. Well, I think today we're going to talk about something that is so near and dear to my heart, something that has taken me 40 years. And still learning. To even, still learning. And still learning. Yeah. To, to even begin to, to broach the topic um, of boundaries and putting boundaries in place personally, putting boundaries in place professionally and boundaries in place creatively too, which is not something we talked about in the, in kind of our, the pre-talk, but I think it's, it'd be worth it to touch on that as well, because I, I that goes hand in hand with like professional boundaries and, and the expectations we put on ourselves. but we all, you almost have to like put boundaries against yourself. You do. Well. I feel like in order to be a sane human being these days, you have to like actually infiltrate your life with boundaries or else you are going to just succumb to all of these um, expectations and constantly being on and plugged in. And, you know, I'm really, I actually um, picked up a book. I think it's called The Boundary the boundary code or the boundary boss or something that was recommended to me. And then I'm reading a world without email and I'm like, wow, you know, people are making entire careers based on, on boundaries. And the big thing a few years ago, I I think was like saying no, like saying no is really important, but these days you can say no and then still get texts and still post on social media and still get bombarded around the clock um, with, it's just almost like the residue of anxiety or the residue of feeling like you need to be doing all of these different things or your your all your your expectations to be something or to be something or to be everything to everyone it's just it's a lot of pressure and we talked about this recently where i mean you can take like you took away the apps on your phone and you took away all these things but that that feeling is still there. And I mean, I think that's the thing. So it's the same thing with boundaries. Even if you put boundaries in place, some of the effects of not putting boundaries in place are still there and still linger within us. And so, I mean, isn't this the reason that like, when I, like, I think it's, this is just shows how much work it is to not only establish, but put up and consistently daily, maybe even to the, like every, like every moment, uh, like reinforcing these boundaries. I mean, it it really is like, it's, it's kind of even exhausting to think about like how much work it is. And, you know, I, I made a joke before, but it really is how easy for, is it to just to do all this work to establish these boundaries. And then in the next moment you find yourself right back at square one and you're like, Oh, I've, I've, I've totally failed. (laughs) I I feel like that every day. I mean, I always, you know, I, I like make this big spiel about like, I don't touch my phone until, 
you know, 8 a.m. or 9 a.m. and I go and I breathe and I meditate. And like, that's not always true. Sometimes if I want to do a, a breathing app or something, I'll bring my phone in and nine times out of 10, I'm like, oh, well, I'll just, I'll just check my text real quick or which leads to then, oh, let me see if I have any direct messages on Instagram, which then leads to, well, let me just check my email real quick because I've put it back on my phone like an idiot. And it's just this, the boundaries just go out the window. And I think if you don't have strong boundaries for yourself with your technology, let's start there, then with the people in your life, then with work, I mean, it's it's kind of this domino effect where if, if you don't set it up correctly in the first place and really maintain it and are consistent with it, then it's it's just going to kind of crumble and tumble down around you if you're not careful. And I think technology is a trap because I think like, you know, societally, familially, professionally, we had trouble. We have trouble with boundaries anyway. We're a very codependent culture, um, especially over here. And, and, I, and I think that technology, the way that it is adapted and the way that it has evolved, it, it's evolved like in I, I, I love that framing uh, the development of all these like workflow apps and all this kind of shit and our, our, our personal devices as being convenient when the reality is, is that it's, it's an insidious trap to, uh, totally obliterate our boundaries. And you're exactly right. I mean, you could say like, I'm taking the day off and th this is almost where like, even not to get off on a tangent, but where remote work becomes kind of a trap as well because we can say like, oh, I have a day off, but do we re ever really have a day off if we can get a work email at any point? Never. So I have, you know, we have a lot of clients here at Right Way and you and I have declared this giant, giant boundary that we have never done before where we are taking December off from client work and going to funnel it into our own work or maybe just taking some time off completely. I've announced this. I... And basically taking off, you know, starting now, um, it's not quite December, um, and have let all of my clients know this, and I'll be damned if I have not had, I mean, when I'm going out to eat at night on the weekends, I will get these voice memos from clients just asking questions or, you know, oh, I know you're not working in December, but can we figure this out? I've had... Um, Dumb, dumb me. I didn't block out my calendar the next two Tuesdays, but I've had people book those last two slots before officially, you know, I, I go off on December 1st, even though this is a holiday week. And I find myself being irritated because I don't have to respond. Like if it is a weekend or I am out to dinner, I do not have to respond. But my reactive nature makes me want to respond. And if I don't respond, then I'm going to be thinking about it. And it's it's another sense of stress and anxiety. And I think that is what my actual issue is with it, is that I have not obviously made boundaries that are clear enough that someone, or, or when I went on my uh, vacation, for instance, and wasn't going to be on my phone, I still had clients reaching out to me like, uh, like mostly voice voice notes, voice text, um, asking questions about their books or, you know, like um, I had a client that just got picked up and I mean, bombarding me every single day with like questions, 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 questions. And while that's fine, because I understand that there are tons of questions and we have, 
you know, prided ourselves on being available and being an open door for communication, we also need time. We also need downtime. We are not machines. And I I have obviously not done a great job at setting up those boundaries, um, especially today, right? Like if I like voice, voice text, voice notes, voice messages, because I hate text messaging. It is my least favorite thing in the whole world. And as we all know, things can get lost in like email. But what I find interesting is if someone sends me an email and I don't respond fast enough, then they will also send me like a voice text just to make sure that I got it. And I just think like, whoa, this is the culture that we live in. So that, yes, like you said earlier, when we take time off, are we ever really off? Are we ever really unplugged? As long as we have that phone um, in our hands to do X, Y, or Z that maybe doesn't have anything to do with work, you're still reachable. You're still available. And the fact that we would have to like lock our phones in a drawer or put our computers away in order to not be quote unquote bothered is kind of ridiculous to me. And I think that there's just a fundamental issue here that we have to figure out first. Well, I think you're right. I think, and I think obviously that the, the, uh, the culture of immediacy that we've developed, I think is immediacy. That's the perfect word. I do it also. Like I, you know, we have a, we were, uh, we, (laughs) my wife and I were in Florida, uh, I texted, I, I left a text in the family text chain and it, um, it, there was a lag in response from family members and I got very indignant on the text chain and there's no reason to get indignant because people do have lives. And remember when you would, there was a time when we would call someone and you would leave a message on an answering machine or you just wouldn't get an answer and that would be it. That would be, and they wouldn't even, they might not even check that, that message would, for like a week. Exactly. That would be the end of that. And so I think this culture of immediacy that we've created is a problem. I also think, and this is on, this is on contractors. This is on us. This is on, because I think it's, and, it, and it's on us as people. And this is as true in our personal lives as it is in our professional lives. But we show, we show people how to treat us. And if we, I know that I am very placating. I can very much be a yes man. I very much want to be of service. And I think when it, that does not mean, however, that I am infinite. So I still have a finite capacity for work. I have a finite capacity of energy. I have a finite capacity to process. I have a finite capacity for output. And these all have to be taken into account, but we don't really, we're not really interested in that at all. As, 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 as vendors, as consumers, as clients, we're, that's not really, and I get it because we're like, well, we paid for a service and this is what we should get, but we don't really, and I thought about that today as I was, or the, uh, the other day as I was flying as well, we got delayed for eight hours on our way out of our, uh, our own small regional airport because of a mechanical issue. And yes, it was frustrating and it fucking sucked. And it sucked to be waiting around in an airport for eight hours. But there were people that were going berserk and couldn't understand why there would be a mechanical issue, why they had to be delayed, why there wasn't another plane, completely forgetting of how vast and intricate the orchestration of air travel is at all 
or the miracle that we travel through the air anyway, we completely forget all that. And all we worry about is why don't I have my shit right oh now? Oh my God, because we live in a world of complete instant gratification, which is one of the worst things for us. Um, now, if you're a writer, we are built on delayed gratification because this industry is so slow moving. But, you know, I always say that I see it in like my um, daughter's, that generation. I'm like, oh my God, they don't have to wait for anything. If they want to know something, they can just look it up. But it is the same thing with work, whether you work in a normal environment and the way that you are often plugged in. You have Slack, you have Trello, you have Asana, you have all of these communication systems that actually are supposed to keep you connected, but actually keep you from doing the deep work. Um, And, you know, in, in regular life, I think all of these ways to get instant gratification and to stay so plugged in, it just... There are no boundaries and there's there's not any true like space or separation to to just kind of think and be and wander. And, you know, when I'm when we're working on client work, there is a huge level of going deep and concentrating that needs to happen. You can't be like, you know, communicating with the client and working on a manuscript or a book proposal and also, you know, doing all of these other things at the same time. Like there has to be boundaries within your workday and, and your workflow and the way that you set it up. But it seems to to me to be harder and harder to set these really healthy boundaries. Cause you're right, you you do show people how you work. And I've show I mean I've consistently proven that I am responsive and reliable and get back to people quickly. And I don't know what that is. Is that like me trying to prove something? Am I constantly putting my own needs to the very end? Like, you know, because with clients, oh, go ahead. No, no. I mean, I think it's, I think it's very interesting. And I think you're, you're absolutely right. And, and how much of it is on, us or on how we've established these vendor client relationships, but then how much of it is still like runoff from, I, you know, and I, I think this is, you know, the 30, 40, 50 year old, uh, philosophy of like the customer is always right. I think, I think, I think we have come to, uh, to view good work and a good product and the customer is always like providing a good service means the customer always has to be right or has to get everything they want exactly the way they want it. And that, that also is like, that's not having any boundaries. That's not, and that's not actually doing your client or customer a very good, a good service. If you're kind of just willing to like placate them at every point, uh, you know, I, I often think much better to be very realistic and upfront and direct as possible with clients. And, and, and you still do that and we still do that. But I, 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 th- I think, I think it runs deep. I think the boundarylessness runs real deep. What do you think the biggest like boundary that clients, you know, don't seem to be aware of is <laughs> or the boundary that, 
that gets crossed, I guess, um, the most. Well, I uh, and I, I'm so ex- I'm ex- sort of so eager to hear your answer to this as well. I think there. I don't know if I would call it. I I don't know if I would call it a boundary, but I think there's a disconnect between oftentimes what the cost that people are willing to pay and what they expect to get. Um, and I, I think, uh, I think for me, the biggest problem is that I somehow have me personally as a vendor that my time and my energy and my output are all infinite and that I am, I am, I am, I think they imagine that 24 hours a day, I'm merely living and breathing only for them. And that's a, that's a problem. And, and, and we do have very, like, we've had some, we've worked with some very astute clients who are very much like, I know you have other clients on your list. That that's a a wonderful thing to say, to even have that kind of recognition or acknowledgement, but most don't. Most are just like, why isn't this done? You know, on a Saturday afternoon, like after after I've I've said ten times that I don't work on weekends oh, uh, or I don't keep off. Oh God, uh, same. I mean, same. Like I get constant emails on the weekends, and I've been very clear, and I've also been very clear that I only take calls on Tuesdays. And the way that I set that up, but I've had many clients be like, "Oh, I can't do Tuesday. Can you just do Thursday?" Um, And yeah, sometimes I do say yes, because I'm like, oh, that's going to put us behind like another week. So I am always having to bend my schedule, which I shouldn't be doing. But the biggest boundary that I find is, you know, we offer free calls. We offer offer free consults. They're supposed to be short. They they rarely are. (laughs) But once a client engages, and I'm happy to do that. I'm happy to talk to people. Really, it's a huge investment. Most people have not met me in person and it's a it's a really big deal. You want to make sure that you are are paying um and feeling good about that service provided. So I'm 100% fine with that to spend an hour sometimes more during that first call. But when we move forward, I stack my days in such a way that those check-in calls every week are supposed to be 30 minutes. And I say that they're on the they are literally on the calendar. It is a 30-minute check-in. It is a 30-minute check-on. Check-in. Nine times out of 10, it ends up being 90 minutes, 60 minutes. Without, I'm like, hey, I've got another call. I always put in buffers between those calls. But the the total disregard for my time in that way when they haven't often done their homework um, in terms of like what they were supposed to get done that week and then they haven't. So then they use the call so I can write down like what they should have done. And I can, I, I think, I mean, I'm, I sound like I'm really like <laughs> kind of uh, just using this as a therapy session a little bit, but I think it is important to know when you, when you hire someone um, for a service you know, I think going, being very clear about those expectations going in of what that person is going to do for this money and their time, and then what your expectations are, um, because sometimes those don't meet up. I try to be as clear as humanly possible um, about what I'm doing, what they are expected to do, and I'm not sure how to completely enforce that rule every week where like, this is your time. Like this is the slot of time that you have. I never, ever, ever charge for those calls. But every Tuesday I'm on the phone for 12 to 14 hours a day. 
Hey guys, I just want to interrupt this episode to tell you about a very exciting three-hour deep dive workshop I am doing here in Nashville, Sunday, December 12th from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. So this is just going to be a three-hour deep dive into the nonfiction book proposal methodology, how to pick a publication path, what really happens to get published, how you get published, how you make money. Really think about it as a crash course on getting your nonfiction book proposal finished and ready to submit out into the world. I recently did one of these deep dive sessions at WriterFest Nashville and had so much fun offering all the tools that clients pay us one-on-one for for our three-month services And instead, we crammed it all into a three-hour intensive workshop that was so much fun. It's kind of all I want to do now. So to kick things off before the new year, I thought I would offer one for just $500 a person. Again, Sunday, December 12th, 10 to 1. All you need to do to reserve your spot, because I am limiting it only to six people, is to email me that you are interested at rea, R-E-A, at rightwayco.com. That's W-R-I-T-E-W-A-Y-C-O.com. Reserve your spot now. Don't want to miss it. It's going to be a blast. Well, but here, here is the lesson too, right? Here is the conversation of, about boundaries. And this is something that I feel like I have to reckon with every day because when it comes to boundaries, I'm maybe, maybe the worst, but it really is like, it is. And, and I a hundred percent agree that like, if you're a vendor, there are rules to being good, a good vendor. And guess what? If, if to all of you out there that are clients, that are a client of somebody, there are fucking rules to being a good client, man. And like oh, rules largely, to being a good client. It, lar- Let's talk about that. <laughs> largely, if if you're a shitty if you're a shitty client, you, like the, chances are, if you're a if you're a, a a shitty client, that that then that vendor, whatever they're doing for you, whatever service they're providing, they are trying to get you off their plate as fast as possible, so they never have to deal with you again. So so there is that. But I will also say that in the, on the note of boundaries, I really think it's all. It's so much of it is about you can't, no one will know, no one else is going to know your boundaries for you. No one else is going to know your boundaries unless you consistently, and I think in some cases, aggressively establish them. I had a great therapist that always used to say anytime I was reinforcing my boundaries to be firm but loving, but I think sometimes with some, in some cases, being firm but loving just doesn't work. And that includes boundaries that I, I feel like I set for my myself. And I love that you brought up work and how we work and how a lot of independent contractors and you know smaller businesses that provide boutique services work. We we don't, it's very, it's it's a time and energy investment. It's a focus investment. And you're exactly right that like I can't be taking a call with one client and working on a project for another client. Like we block out the day. And I think that's where boundaries exist too, because I got to say like, okay, I'm going to do two hours on this project. I'm going to do one hour on this project. I got a 30 minute call here. I got to do another hour on this project. And then guess what? I'm not working for at least two hours in the afternoon because I have to keep my fucking sanity. And that's exactly why, because we 
for, for we, we so often and for long periods of time don't do that. That's why we get to a point in Thanksgiving and say, well, we got to get, we got to take December off. Otherwise someone going to die. Oh my God, completely. And I mean, every year. So, you know, and I think it's just our work culture in general, right? Like we work 12 months out of the year, you guys, like everybody. I mean, no one gets, unless you're a teacher and oftentimes teachers are still doing so many things during the summer. Anyway, my brother's a teacher. He's been a teacher for 20 plus years. He teaches music every single summer. He's having to do, you know, band camp and, and still doing all of these extras so that he's never really truly off. But in our work culture, that's what we revere. And as humans, we are not supposed to be in a constant cycle of work. Rest and reflection are two of the most important things that humans need, especially during winter. Um, I've always said it, but like we are supposed to take it easy, like to go inward during the winter months to almost hibernate ourselves and I've always wanted to shut things down for December. I've never done it my whole adult life. And though that means no income for our business, I don't give a shit. Like I am so not not even burned out. I think like it's just that go, 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 go mentality. Like if you don't have something set up where you can take a chunk of time off. And I'm not talking about three or four days away for a vacation or, um, you know, even like a week vacation, which is what most of us take during the year. And that's not enough sometimes. I think, you know, to even like while you're in a business, it's hard to figure out how to how to grow, how to pivot, how to move into the next phase if you don't have the space and time to do that. Um, and I remember recently, like I was trying to close this bigger client who came to me. It would be the biggest like book proposal. It was like a VIP book proposal, but I charged more than I ever have and actually felt really good about that price. And the guy who was like trying to set up this deal, I was like, here, here's the, here's my calendar link for Tuesday. And this was like a Thursday or something. He was like, well, can you just talk tomorrow? And I was like, I don't work on Fridays, actually. I take it off to spend with my daughter. And he was like, well, I don't feel like you're really serious about this then. And he kept like bothering me on that Thursday and then that Friday and like trying to get me to take a call outside of my window and like threatened almost to like pull the deal. Because like if this is, you know, are you really in this? Like not even knowing who I am or how I work. And I had to be so firm. It's the first time that I've literally almost walked away from a really big deal because I I said like, this is how I work. This has taken me so many years to put boundaries in place. I will not deviate from my day. I shouldn't have to. Um, and that was that. And he he understood what I was trying to say and then actually did book on that day. But I'm like, wow, I shouldn't have to justify myself. Like I have to justify I don't work on Fridays. And to be accused of not being serious about your work. Oh my God. (laughs) For for complying with your own schedule. My own schedule that I get to create because I'm the boss. (laughs) And, and I, and I, I'll say this too, like, and uh, this is, this is something that I used and I, you know, and I don't apply it now in this stage of my career as much as I probably should. But this is something that I said 
way back when I was a bartender, I I used to tell clients that were rude or 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 tried to you know or had like a bad attitude or were treating me like shit, um, and would always pull the tip card. And, you know, and I would kind of, I would maybe refuse service or I would like let them stew a while and they would, they would pull the tip card. Well, you know, you're not going to get much of a tip then. And I always used to say, you have no idea how fast I will give up a tip so that I don't have to serve a person like you. And I'll say this, I'll say the same thing now. Like I don't, it's not worth it to, 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 you know, have to do that dance with a client that thinks that somehow a certain price point or a certain uh, promoted service somehow entitles them to more of me than I should, than I'm, than I'm, I'm giving like it's it truly like it's, it's, that is, that's some like, not that's being a bad client. That's being a bad client. Well, and I think a lot of times, like, you know, and I don't think we're just speaking about right way clients because we love our clients. But, I, you know, you and I have been in the client services industry for a long, long time. And I've dealt with all types of clients. And I now know the types of clients that I don't want to work with. Like, typically the white male rich executive, ah, I'm not that interested. <laughs> I mean, I'm just I'm just not. I don't totally. I don't totally. deal well with with egos in that way. And I get to, I'm at a place where I get to choose who I want to work with or not. But for those who maybe are in a business where, you know, you are an employee or, you know, you don't feel like you have a lot of say so, or you have to prove, like consistently have to prove yourself. I think that is something that really messes with all of our boundaries is that feeling that you do have to prove something that your self-worth is tied up in your productivity or how fast you respond or how much you can take on. And I really challenge people to, to stop that shit and to really think about what the root of that actually is. Like, you know, and for most of us, I don't think boundaries are a really high priority because for the vast majority of us, we're all on our phones. We are all on social media, except you, Joe, because you're amazing. And there are no boundaries with that. There's no one telling you, hey, you can't scroll for more than five minutes a day. Or, you know, sure, you can have little apps that tell you how much time you're spending and this and that. And recently, this whole idea of boundaries really struck me because I just did, you know, Writer Fest Nashville and I crashed a social media panel um, that I wasn't supposed to be on, uh, as the, I hate social media person. It was amazing. And the first question that I asked this whole big group of people was, um, how many people hate social media, you know, and like all the, almost all the hands shot up. There were just a few people who actually liked it. And then like, how many people feel like they have to be on it? And everybody raised their hands. And, we got into this really interesting conversation and my agent was there and she brought up a really good point about boundaries, especially for mental health reasons. Like if you are someone who gets on social media and it makes you feel terrible and it really is affecting your mental health, you know, it's probably not the best thing and you shouldn't feel like you have to. And there was a man in the audience a white male executive, I should say. Um, <laughs> this is already yes. shocking. But he was like, um, he kept interrupting us like the whole time. And he was like talking all through it to random people. 
And he got argumentative and he was like, I run seven restaurants and I see my kids exactly 18 hours a week. Like, suck it up. We all have to be on social media. Like you can, it's not that big of a deal. And just proceeded to get in this like big heated argument. And I just looked at him like, God, you know, you are a man who has created and curated a life where you revere success and probably having not a lot of boundaries over seeing your children, like you're okay seeing your kids 18 hours a week. Like, and and that is that has become the new norm because that's the way you set up your life. Not to judge that person, I don't know his experience, but I just think it's very interesting how we in this, you know, Western culture specifically, how we set up our work-life balance, which is kind of a joke because I don't really feel like there is that much balance because we do take our work home with us. Most of our most of us do work from home. A lot of us do have children and there is no division there. There's no like hard and fast line when this begins and this other thing starts and our children don't have our undivided attention anymore. Neither do our spouses and and neither do we. We rarely spend quality time with ourselves, not plugged into a million different things, not thinking about a, a million different things. Um, it wasn't until recent. Well, oh no, sorry, you go ahead. You no, go ahead. I was just gonna say I recently went to acupuncture, and it ended up being three hours. So I was forced to lay on a table for three hours with you know no phone, no agenda, and just think. And it kind of dawned on me. I was like, oh my god, I have to basically pay someone to force me to stay still and just be with myself um, in this day and age. Because otherwise, do you think that I I would have done that or created that boundary of like, I'm going to clear out my schedule and do absolutely nothing and not pick up my phone? And no, like we do not do that anymore. And it's become totally acceptable and totally okay to be like, I'm just a boss, babe, and I'm I'm running wild and I gotta go, 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 and then I'll and then I'll crash or then I'll do this. Well, these things are badges of honor. These things, you know, this kind of like and that that idea. And I I just I love everything that you just said. And uh that, you know, that idea of like, I don't see my kids, I only see my kids 18 hours a week. We consider that a badge of honor. And guess what? It's not the badge of honor. The badge of honor truly is balance. And I think this might be like a two part episode because I really think like the boundaries within our, like boundaries exist within ourselves and it's up to us to convey what those boundaries are to other people. But we also do, we do have to hold these boundaries with ourselves. And I think like for creators, if you're a writer, do you realize that it's, it's as important to spend time writing as it is to spend time not writing. Like, like I, there's a great article that Patton Oswalt wrote about the creative process, uh, the comedian Patton Oswalt. He wrote this awesome, awesome piece about the creative process, and he, he was touting the importance of not creating as part of the creative process. He was like, this time to be and think and ruminate and letting your brain just work organically where it's not being forced to is as integral to the creative process as any other part. Man, and that's that's what I struggle with, though, because I think you and I do, because we give 
so much of our time and attention to working on other people's work. And that is how, that is this business. That is the way we've set it up. And I absolutely love what I do and taking that puzzle piece and figuring it out and getting it to completion and getting their book or their project out into the world where it's going to actually become a physical object that's going to affect, you know, thousands of people like so awesome. But I've realized, you know, I used to put a boundary around my writing like, hey, this is my this is my writing time. This is my writing space. And I've really, really lost that because I have conditioned myself that when I sit down to my computer, I'm doing like one of two things. I'm either obsessively checking my email for no apparent reason, or (laughs) I'm working on a client's proposal. I am not using it for my own creative process. And during the month of December, I am trying to do a rewrite on a book. I actually sat down with it this morning. I got up kind of later than normal. And I was actually supposed to, one of our clients was passing through town and wanted to go have coffee this morning. Um, Actually, I didn't know it was this morning. I thought it was going to be later this afternoon. And I don't check my phone until close to nine. And she had sent me a text like, hey, do you want to meet at 930 like nine or nine thirty, um, because she had to be on the road by ten, and I was like, "Oh, I there's no way I can get over there in time." And I really like was kicking myself because I haven't met her in person. I'm like, "Oh, this is a client. I really need to to go see her." And I was like, "You know, I will I will see her another time, but this morning I'm going to drink my coffee and I'm going to pull up my book and I'm actually going to spend some time doing." what I want to be doing. And in terms of like, this is my first real day of like not working. And so I want to do the thing that I said I was going to do. The reason that I like blocked off this next month. And so I sat and I, I edited about, went through and like edited around 20, 25, 30 pages, um, pretty effortlessly. And it was every time I slipped back into it, I'm like, yes, this, like, I love this time flies. I'm not like, you know, checking text messages and emails obsessively. Like it's just my time. And I think when you are in a client services industry or say you're a parent or you're in a relationship or you're giving, you're in a a place or a career where you're giving to someone else on a consistent basis, that boundary then for yourself, whether it is creatively or just personally, can seem like the very last thing on a long to-do list. And it's got to come, it's got to become more of a priority. Like, you know, in the morning, I've curated my mornings that are mine. And then now at night, I kind of have this ritual where I will, you know, really shut everything down by like eight-ish, put the phone away. I will draw like an Epsom salt bath. I will light some candles, make myself some tea, grab two or three books that I want, And then I go into that bathroom and I lock the doors and I'm like, no one come in here. This is my 30 minutes that I just need to like unwind and and decompress. And again, nine times out of 10, my daughter will pick the lock and she'll come in there. She'll be like, sorry, mama, I just I want to show you this or I just want to show you that. And, you know, that's a that's a tough thing, though, as a parent, because Of course, I want my daughter to come with me, but I also think it's very important to exhibit those boundaries and it being like, I love you, I'm here for you, but right now, this is time for me and time for me to replenish. And 
I think we need to get beyond the whole like self-care thing and little hacks that we can do and start to curate and create a life of big, beautiful boundaries instead of all of these just kind of thoughtless um, throwaways, like the way that these thoughtless tasks that we fill our days with that don't really fill our cups up and don't honestly move us toward our passion or end goals. A hack is not a boundary. A hack is not a boundary. A A hack is not a boundary. for self-care also, like a hack for self-care that's like a self-defeating term. So yes. don't don't do it, you guys. Um, but also definitely do let us know what you do uh, to set your boundaries, to reinforce your boundaries, and what boundaries are more important with you and who they're most important with. Is it a client? Is it your mom? Is it your kids? Is it a colleague at work? Uh, is it yourself? Uh, email us at... Uh, podcast at rightwayco.com. That's W-R-I-T-E-W-A-Y-C-O.com. And fill us in. We want to know your boundaries so that we can get better at with at maintaining ours. <laughs> thanks, guys. Hey, thanks again for listening to the Right Way Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, and comment and help us continue to deliver the content you want and need. And for more information about Rightway, visit rightwayco.com to get more info on all our editorial and developmental services and sign up for our weekly newsletter where we'll be sharing exclusive content, access to digital courses, and offering proprietary resources for aspiring and established writers. 